Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Brokerage Insider Podcast. My name is Eric Stegeman, and I am the CEO of Tribus, a real estate brokerage platform vendor. Uh, today, we're here with Tina Mack, and Tina uh, is a specialist in the international real estate community. Uh, she has a number of, uh, of things that are accolades that, that she's uh, achieved as well as uh, things that she's doing to work with international buyers that I think will be of particular interest to our listeners. So first of all, welcome to the uh, Brokerage Insider Podcast, Tina. Thank you for having me. Thanks very much. And hope everything's, everybody is safe and well. Yes, definitely, definitely. And that's a, a good uh, topic to lead into. Uh, we'll get to in just a second, talking a little bit about the virus specifics. Sure. Uh, but Tina, why don't you first tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, and tell us about your business. Yeah, so uh, I am an immigrant uh, from Hong Kong. I moved to Vancouver in 1991 and I started doing this business in 1992. So it's my 28 years in the business. Uh, I have been with the same brokerage company since day one. So I haven't changed anywhere, gone anywhere. So you talk about loyalty. I, I think that is pretty rare in today's world. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, since 2010, I've been on a speaking role uh, from uh, Kowal Banker to Inman's to NAR uh, to Hong Kong to China, speak in front of the um, policymakers because uh, they would like to, um, you know, like uh, have their, because real estate uh, is very different in that side of the world and they would like to improve the professionalism. So I was uh, representing Canada to um, let them know what we're doing in North America, in Canada, uh, for them to, you know, like just, they're just policy makers. So, you know, like put some policies together and get agents to follow and things like that. And I also do have my own radio show, a real radio show in the radio stations uh, since 2007. So it's my 13 years. Um, you know, 13 seasons, you know, uh, be hosting this weekly radio show is a Chinese radio station, but my guest is from all over the world. And I do have a guest uh, speak English, speak Mandarin, so I will do live translations right away. And I've got a CEO from, uh, if, if people there realize, you know, like no Rilogy, so pretty much like all the brand, most of the CEO was on my radio show. And, um, and then I got uh, people from Australia, Hong Kong, um, China, France, India. My last one was India, um, just all over. So that it will give uh, my listener, um, it's a Chinese, uh, it reached out to 80% of my Chinese community in Vancouver. Uh, so that they will know, you know, uh, what is going on around the world and how people invest globally. That's great. Um, so obviously you are a specialist when it comes to international real estate and, and how to, even it works in different countries. Um, you know, first thing that I didn't even have on my list that something that you just mentioned, uh, but something that I wanted uh, that I think is worthwhile asking you about, and, and I know this, but maybe many of our listeners do not, uh, is you know, how is real estate different? How is a real estate agent different in Hong Kong or in Germany or in another country as opposed to the United States or Canada? Uh, one major distinction is that we have exclusive listing and we have MLS. They don't. 
they are open, uh, you know, like listing, meaning that I list my house, I can list it with a hundred different brokerage company. There's no exclusiveness over there. And to be honest, we are spoiled in this part of the world because if we all, you know, move to that side of the world, we will be so struggling, <laughs> you know, like it could be very chaotic to us because we have system over here. And to them that I don't want to say they don't have system, they have their way to do, do business. And that applies to uh, Europe, uh, Hong Kong, uh, any Asia, you know, and European countries. So there, uh, that is the major distinctions. And also for uh, commission wise, okay. Um, here, let's be uh, honest that, you know, like we are the boss of the brokerage owner, okay. Um, because if without us, they, you know, without transactions, you know, they, they got no business. Okay, so, and then uh, we have split house, we have 100% house, you know, depending on which part of the North America you're in. But in that side of the world, um, many of them, they're like salary base, okay? Just like, you know, like in this part of the world, you know, if you go to buy a car, the car salesman, they have a salary, okay? And, and then, or maybe you go to any mall, you know, shoppings and they have a basic salary. And that side of the world is the same. It's basic salary. So the brokerage owner is the, uh, is the boss. So in that side of the world, they would like to, you know, they always recruit the franchise. Uh, because the owner will make the most money. And as high as, let's say a commission is $10,000, as high as they will get $8,000 and the agents will get only $2,000, okay? So in that case, you know, that, that is very, very different. And um, in that side of the world, not everywhere they have to take an exam and pass the exams to be a realtor or agent, whereas here we do. And uh, so in that side of the world, they can be, um, you know, a janitor can be a real estate agent, uh, a car salesman, you know, you name it, you know, like they all have, you know, like multiple jobs. So in that case, I mean, not saying that we don't have it on this side of the world, you know, like uh, in, uh, in Canada, uh, since the late 90s, we kicked in the Competition Act. Uh, in my days, when I joined in 1992, uh, we, I was not allowed to have a second income. I don't know about US, but I was not allowed to have second income until uh, late 90s and the Competition Act kicked in. So because a lot of the agents, they said, okay, I cannot make my living, you know, like things like that. So they said, okay, you have to put food on the table at the house. So they allow this happen. So, uh, no, unfortunately, you know, many of us became like a part-timer. Now in that side of the world, that probably happens in the, you know, I don't know what the percentage, I don't want to, you know, like make it out of proportions, but you can imagine because they don't have that rule. So anybody can be a real estate agent. And this side of the world, we, we, um, we care about the knowledge. Knowledge worth something. Knowledge and experience worth something, okay? In that side of the world, not necessarily, okay? So, um, so in that case, you know, there's a lot of huge difference, obviously cultural gap. We absolutely have a lot of cultural gaps, you know, like between the east side of the world and the west side of the world. And I, I don't want to make it that macro, but make it like a micro. So in, in e, doesn't matter whether it's US or in Canada, east coast and west coast, we all behave differently, okay? Mm -hmm. So, so just to think of that, so let alone is cross Pacific Ocean. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, cultural differences 
and uh, how you greet and meet people. And when you, uh, I always say one thing, if you want to be a good um, salesman, advisor, or whatever the case may be, if your client is three years old, you better speak like a three-year-old. And if your client is 90 years old, you better speak like 90 years old or else they don't understand our language, you know? And, and then I, we always have to put ourselves in their shoes. Often we have our, I mean, we're all opinionated in some way, you know, but we have to put ourselves in their shoes, understand their culture, understand uh, the background in order to break the ice fast. And um, so that probably is a long answer for your one questions. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think you've, you've touched on a number of interesting points there. And, and always the thing that surprised me of now, you know, 21 years of selling real estate, when I first met people that sold real estate in other countries, I was so surprised at the discrepancies between A, either how much more schooling that they needed than here. Like for example, in, in a lot of Europe, uh, it's my understanding that you essentially have to be a lawyer and go through school to be a lawyer to sell real estate in those countries. Uh, and then in other countries like South America, where anybody can pop up and say, I'm selling real estate today and yeah, exactly. have no qualifications. Yeah, exactly. So from that perspective, um, and, and certainly the compensation on that line as well, where that you were talking about, where um, an agent may make a lot less money. Also something uh, that I've always found interesting about international, uh, uh, the way international real estate is done, is that the commissions are not anywhere near 6% um, uh, in other countries. Uh, is, that, is that your experience too? Well, let me tell you, you don't need to go to that side of the world. In Vancouver, our commission, if you're lucky, is 3% across the board. Yeah. So, yeah. So you don't need to go to that side of the world, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we have a client in the Dominican Republic. Tribus has a client in the Dominican Republic. And uh, the owner was sharing with me what their average commission, even on million-dollar houses, is. And it's, it's next to nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's just not compensated the same way it is in the United States. So um, any which way, well, that's, uh, you know, I, hopefully that's enlightening to our listeners about, you know, how different, it, different real estate is in other places. Um, I want to, I do have some, some things that I want to ask you about. First of all, what percentage of the transactions that you personally represent, what percentage of those transactions come from international buyers or sellers? Uh, for the, uh, for the international business, I will say is right in the ballpark is about 5% or maybe a little bit more. However, uh, because my business is hundred percent referrals. So, uh, and I do travel a lot. Uh, my peak time was like, I travel once every two months. So my luggage is constantly, you know, <laughs> opened up, you know, like, you know, close in, closed out and things like that. So, um, you know, like being an international, uh, agent, a uh, realtor, um, it's like a lot of the luxury, you know, like agents, you know, a lot of the agents would like to sell luxury. A lot of the agents would like to sell international. Uh, it is not that simple. Now, uh, we are you, both US and Canada, we're very metropolitan, you know, especially a few cities, you know, like New York, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, uh, uh, LA, you know, like Seattle, you know, all these prime city uh, is very metropolitan. Now, 
just because you are having a listing and then you have different ethnicity uh, clients, uh, customer, buyers walk into your open house or you sell it to them, doesn't mean that you're doing international business because uh, doesn't mean that you really understand their backgrounds and things like that. Um, so I do travel a lot. And for that reason, I got referrals from all over the world. And then is this a big part of my business? I deliberately do not want to make anything uh, a big part of my business. Just like in any investment situations is that you don't want to put all your eggs in the same basket. Well, there you go. Call Tina yeah. uh, if you want to work with them. But so let, uh, as far as the buyers that are coming, let's say, you know, in the buyers that you've had uh, that are coming from China and, and uh, coming from other places and coming to Vancouver, mm -hmm. uh, have you noticed any uptick or downtick uh, because of the virus uh, of them trying to get out of, Ch of China or any other country that you've worked with international buyers from? Okay. So uh, the virus has nothing to do with why people move around, okay? Uh, the virus, uh, now, believe me or not, I spoke to my clients a couple weeks ago and he is one of the major, I mean, he's semi-retired, but he operated on my father more than 20 years ago and he became my clients. He's a surgeon in our major uh, um, hospital in town and he is now teaching in the university as well. He said to me, he said, Tina, there's no vaccine. He said, there's never a vaccine for SARS, never vaccines for Ebola, H1N1, nor it will have vaccines for COVID-19. And I said, are you serious? He said, yep. He said, the flu shot never works. So I asked him, I said, so do you think that, uh, you know, like if, if there is ever a vaccine, I said, would you take it? He said, no. And then I said, so you're telling me that all the news out there talk about vaccine, 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 they're just propaganda? He said, yes. So I'm not trying to spread out any force or whatever, but this is an actual conversation I had with my client. So to go back to, is the coronavirus the reason why people, they move out of the country? No. Uh, the reason why the people move out of the country sometimes, often, is politics, okay? For yep. example, people from Hong Kong, people from uh, Taiwan, people from uh, India, and different part of the world, or Mexico, they go to U.S. and anywhere. It's all because of politics. Now, China actually is the least, uh, the, the, the Chinese people from China, actually they immigrate has nothing, well, I don't want to say has nothing to do with politics, but mainly is for better quality of life, meaning they have fresher air to breathe, and meaning they would like to have their children to get Western education, and it's very interesting right now, the world is going the other way. It's like a lot of people, a lot of Westerners, they go to China's university and study in China. So, you know, um, so the, the people in, from Hong Kong and Taiwan, uh, mainly uh, we immigrants for political reason, because we did not understand uh, the communist country and things like that and get scared out of it. And like the world is still, you know, very much like, uh, you know, like a, a communism is like a scary word. 
And, and then once I get to know them more, uh, don't talk about politics, just do business and that's fine. And so they come over uh, to buy uh, to uh, Vancouver. I can share with you is that because in the whole global situation, uh, Vancouver and I believe is New Zealand has the lowest uh, cases and then has the highest uh, recovery rate. So in Vancouver, actually, uh, our case up to today from, from, you know, like February or March up to today, we're about 2,700 cases. So our recovery rate is like 87%. So when you come over here and, and, and a lot of the people they said is because uh, Vancouver has the, uh, is, you know, like has, is the second largest cities with most Chinese. And then we wear masks from day one. And, and I personally wear gloves when I go out as well. And so the mask and gloves, a mask for sure is 100% to the Chinese. And uh, a gloves is, is personal choice. I prefer gloves. And so, you know, that's the reason why. And they will choose, right now, they will choose which city has the less uh, coronavirus situation if they go to, to buy. Got it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that is certainly something that's, uh, that it's seemingly like that people are looking to get away uh, or get to places where there's less risk a little bit. But mm -hmm. I think the political side is certainly the piece that I've always heard about is, um, you know, that they have money, you know, if buyers in China have money and they want to get it out of China. Uh, uh, for example, I heard about 10 years ago, I heard Chinese uh, f folks would sue themselves in the United States and lose to themselves in the United States so that they could move more money uh, to the United States than because mm -hmm. uh, I think there was a rule or there is a rule you can't move more than $50,000 or something like that uh, outside mm -hmm. of China, correct? I can share that with you. The 50,000 US has always been in place for the longest time. It's only in 2016 they start to be really gun ho about it, okay? Uh, so there is a rules, but whether they act on it is another thing, right? right. So in 2016, they act on it because, uh, the for, uh, uh, um, uh, because they don't want to have too much money, uh, you know, get out of uh, uh, China. Um, the thing is, you see, it's like a lot of uh, 10 years ago, Chinese buyer is very different from now, the Chinese buyers, very different, okay? So let me tell you the differences. Uh, 10 years ago, you will have those rich Chinese. Um, maybe you want to say corrupt money, I don't know. I have not dealt with it my, uh, those myself, uh, but I always said that corruption is everywhere in the world, but you know, uh, some countries they admit it and some countries they don't. Uh, so anyhow, 10 years ago, you have a lot of rich uh, Chinese uh, to get out of China. doesn't matter where they go. It's the prime city, prime country, super prime city, super prime country in the world they will go. Okay. And then uh, right now, uh, it's very different. 10 years later, you're dealing with a lot of millennial. A lot of them, they are in the 30s and the 40s. They have no problem showing you their bank statements. And they have no problem, but then their budget is a lot less than 10 years ago. 10 years ago, you know, it's like you open a water tap 
and unable to close the tap, water just keep coming out. And whoever has been doing business with the Chinese in the last 10 years or so, or, or since 2010 to 2016, had a good run, make a lot of money and things like that. But 2016, the water tap starting to turn tighter and tighter and tighter. And, and now uh, those, uh, the first 10 years group, they are less educated. The people have money. They don't speak much English, okay? And uh, now many of them, not saying that they speak a lot of English, but many of them, their children grown up. They, they have educated in the different part of the world, in England, in US, in Canada, in Australia. So they starting to buy if they sh should they choose to stay in that country. So, and, and their parents is very different. The parents is, you know, they actually make real money and they actually have a real job. <laughs> so that's why they have no problem showing any bank statements. So it's quite different, you know, if we keep on living in the past, then we have the past um, information, uh, perception. Uh, but that ha 10 years later is very different. Gotcha. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, a little bit more at the virus. A a anything that you've uh, seen or that you have uh, leaned into recently because of the virus, anything you're doing different because of the virus? Absolutely. Uh, we cannot go out, so what? Now we are all Zoom, yeah. <laughs> podcast, you know? That's what we do. And, and virtual tools, uh, you know, like we do a lot of VR. We try not to, you know, uh, uh, we, we, we absolutely in Vancouver, we absolutely keep our social distancing two meters, six feet away. And so for all that, uh, it makes a lot of, uh, you know, it, it creates some challenges, you know, at the beginning. So um, now forget about just us over here. Um, because China has the, you know, like the coronavirus being discovered in China uh, first. And so I have constant conversation with China. And, and in that, you know, in that side of the world, their VR just took off, they're on fire. Okay. VR in this side of the world, we're so used to it. In the past, again, I don't want to say 10 years, but at least in the five, last five years, is you know like is widely used we all have videos for our listings in that side of the world privacy i don't want people to come into my home and shoot the videos and maybe i'm messy i don't want to clean up my house or whatever the case may be but now because of the coronavirus vr takes off like crazy now however during the coronavirus time i discover uh one absolutely game changer technology that I would like to share with everybody. Uh, this technology is from Taiwan that I adapted. And in fact, I brought it over to North America. Nobody's using it because right now what we have is Metaport or whatever tools you're using is still very much VR, a virtual tool. And then if you want to, if, you're, if you have a client sitting at home, don't want to go out and the listing agent will go to the house and do a FaceTime or WhatsApp videos or WeChat, which is what the Chinese use, uh, social media platform. And that's how we do it. However, uh, this new technology that I adapted and bring it over to this side of the world is actually when you do the, sh when you share the 360 video, 
you stitches them together and actually uh, I can call you with the link that I have that I posted on uh, on MLS I posted on any social media or even I can email it to you Eric you can literally click the link my listing link and type in your phone number and your name you can literally call me from your laptop and I can receive phone call and then I say hi Eric nice meeting you thank you for calling me and Eric will say that Tina I'm interested in your listing then Tina will say to Eric I said Eric let me sync my phone with your phone and I will start touring your house uh, my listings uh, with you and the and the technology will allow me when I move to the right Eric will see me showing the right side of the of the house move to the left and Eric will see the left side uh, the other side of the room so we I can actually talk to you see your face and tour the house without me physically go to my listing so uh, and for our listeners Tina actually sent me a link to kind of check this out ahead of time and it does uh, it does feel a lot like a Matterport yes. uh, as you're going through. I will say that the image quality does seem to be better than a Matterport. Uh, I, I find that the Matterport uh, tours tend to uh, be a little grainy in places, and this seems to be a much higher quality um, uh, a video that that you can see as you walk through everything. But I think the really interesting thing, Tina, uh, with this product is that it um that i can you can sync so, uh with the buyer so it's almost like you are uh it's facetime meets matterport right yes is i'm taking matterport to the next level what we have in any platform out there is no communication this one if once we finish this if eric that you would like to try it call me right so you can literally try it yourself and then you know how i am uh, uh, you know, like tour the house, guide you tour the house in real time is the interactions between the listing agents and the buyers. You can increase your double ending possibilities. Okay. And then secondly is that, you know, like you don't have to be at the house physically. And another thing is that if you have parents bank, okay, if you're living in Chicago, your parents is in uh, uh, New York, and then your sisters is in the West Coast. Everybody can get on this and look at the property. And then you can all discuss it and so and, and speed up the decision making process. And even at the, you know, after you do the showing, and then if you get into uh, uh, the discussions in the evening with your spouses, okay, with your spouse, and then you will say that, okay, I would like to put an offer on that, but I want to see it again who will go out at nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the evening, you know? And so you use this technology, you can actually talk to the agent again and all that. Now, this is another part, uh, another product I find it is absolutely interesting, not interesting, it's very useful to agents who handle rental properties. Because for rental properties, as we all, I believe we all experience, the tenants will make an appointment and, and no show. No they don't show, even yeah. show up, right? <laughs> yep. They just no show and don't, they don't care about telling you. And then you drive all the way to open the door, you know, and say, okay, where are you? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you. I got tied up. I cannot make it. <laughs> but in this, pro in this product, you can actually, they call your rental listing. 
you can show them your rental listing and they say, oh, no, I don't like it. And then you say, and then let's say Eric call me. And then Eric, you said, uh, Tina, I don't like this uh, rental unit. And Tina will say, Eric, I actually think that I have another one that you might like it. Without leaving the phone, I will change it to another listing and tour you another listing, another listing. You can go through 10, 20 rental properties. And then if you decide to choose on one or two, then the agents can go and make sure that you will show up because you like those listings. Yep, I totally agree. In fact, a lot of our clients at Tribus, uh, that's uh, the ones that have implemented tools like this and like Matterport and other things like that, uh, have seen big upticks in their business. In fact, um, one of our large clients um, during this time, they've actually increased their business while the virus was going on yes. uh, over 2019 because they were the only company out there talking about uh, the ability to do FaceTime uh, and uh, do these sorts of more interactive features where a client didn't have to get out of their house. But I can see the value in this tool where you can be connected uh, with the customer and, and as you're walking them through, because as we all know in real estate, uh, the feedback, the, the non-verbal uh, uh, feedback that you get from clients, and Tina, I'm sure you know this, like when you walk through a house, I could always tell whether a client was going to be ready to put an offer on it within the mm -hmm. first 30 seconds to a minute because mm -hmm. of their nonverbal cues. It's, you mm -hmm. know, they're smiling, they're wowing, you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And I think if you can see that in this video, um, as you're walking them through everything, I think that goes a long way to really helping. Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. It's all about communication. We're in the business of communication. By the way, I don't think you mentioned what the name of the tool is. Why don't you do that for our Touring. listeners? Touring. T-O-U-R-R-I-N-G. Touring. So, uh, like I said, Eric, you know, like I'm, I'm more than happy if you have a minute, you know, uh, you call me. And then when I demonstrate it to you, within the first 30 seconds, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And that is so very much difference and there's nothing like this and it, it literally is a COVID-19 discovery for me <laughs> <laughs> well uh if somebody if somebody that's listening in on this uh wants to get more information is there a website that they can go check it out uh yes uh well you know what let me give them uh if they would like to get in touch with me and then I will send them the uh all the information uh, you can, they can, you know, like my name is Tina Mack is M A K because a lot of the time people, they misspell my last name. So it's T I N A M A K at T I N A M A K. So Tina Mack at Tina Mac.com. So it's quite easy. There you go. And I've seen uh, a copy of this folks. I, I, it definitely looks much better than a Matterport overall. So I, you I can actually, you know, like it's two way of doing it. You can do it uh, with your cell phone. And then you can do it with Matterport. You can have your photographer uh, still do it. I mean, like with with a with a you know three thousand plus house, you don't want to do this yourself. But right now, a lot of people. I mean, even Matterport, they come up with the app as well, right? Uh, but uh, you know, like a lot of time, if you're doing a rental age, uh, sorry, rental property, you might not, you know, if a one bedroom or studio, you don't want to, you know, just call a photographer to come in and do it. This one, you can just do it yourself, stitches together and get it a link and get it out there and people, they will call you. Yep. Great. All right, Tina, one last question for you before we sure. wrap things up here. So um, something that we've been uh, really in depth on in the past uh, year and a half, maybe two years of Tribus now 
is really discovering how bad transla automatic translation services are. Um, <laughs> And so, okay. you know, I, I, I guess from, uh, and the worst of it I always hear is Chinese. So do you want to talk a little bit about um, how bad that is? And maybe, you know, when you, when you, on your website at tinamac.com, yeah. do you have translations that are manual translations into Mandarin, et cetera? Yep. I do my, you know, like I hire people to do the translations and things like that. Uh, you know, uh, that is, this is one thing that also this touring will break the language barrier because when I call you I, or when Eric call me, even though you know, I might have my you know, like accent uh, and then doesn't matter what language you speak, but if I can see your face and even if broken English or broken Chinese or whatever the case may be, we can still communicate because I know that you're calling me because of my listing. So when it comes to the uh, website, if you want to do, uh, you know, like actually the, you know, the article things, you want to write something, things like that. I have to tell you, Google has improved, but still not good enough. It's just not there, uh, but they have improved tremendously. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, because we have a lot of slangs, let's be real. English has a lot of slangs. I talk to my buddies and they are, you know, like, and, and, and I have to, you know, like if I stop talking to my buddies for a, a while, and his slangs or her slangs, I wouldn't understand, okay? Because the thing is, like, I, I just don't, you know, like, I don't, I, I don't get used to those slangs. And when it comes to slangs and you go do it on the Google or any of the, you know, electronic translation, it just doesn't, it, it, won't, it won't cut it. It won't cut it. So if you want to do a professional one, uh, you know, you must hire people. Yep, and and at Tribus, uh, we actually have a a tool that allows you to hire uh, people to do translations, and then we actually submit the translated, the manually translated information over to uh, Google, so that if you go to Google in another country, uh, for example, uh, in Germany, uh, it actually if you go to Google.de, which is the German version of mm -hmm. Google. It actually shows the manual translation in German in, instead of the English site, and it helps it rank higher. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just a tidbit of tip out there is uh, make sure that uh, you're not yeah. using the auto translate feature no. if you want to be serious about international uh, buyers and sellers. Uh, make sure you're getting manual translations done or use an, a, a, a translation service. Uh, to get that done. Yeah. Anything so, else before we go here, Tina, that you think it's important that our brokerage listeners would know about? Um, I think that's the most important part is uh, doesn't matter what uh, technology, uh, there's a lot of noise out there. Uh, everybody wants everybody's business. Um, you know, just trying to find out what suits you the most, uh, what suits your, uh, your business. And, and that's the most important thing. In terms of doing international business, as I said, I'm more than happy to share my experience and coach anybody on that. Uh, because let's, let's be real, uh, the cultural things, uh, if you know the culture, you can definitely break the ice and your successful rate will be much higher. Yep, uh, good, good, uh, good comments there. So you can, uh, if anybody's interested, you can reach out to Tina at Tina, uh, Tinamac at tinamac.com. There you go. And if you want to know more information about Tribus and the brokerage platforms that we provide, 
uh, head on over to trybus.com. That's T-R-I-B-U-S.com. We thank you so much for having listened to uh, this next episode of Brokerage Insider. Make sure you subscribe to our future podcast to hear more great interviews with people just like Tina uh, that could help you enhance your brokerage business. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you listen in soon. Thank you very much.